Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. Do the theme song. We talk about our new theme song because it is awesome and we're going to talk about it until we forget and just stop mentioning that we have a new one. But once again, thank you, Nick, from Night Beast for supplying us with the new theme song. Um, Check out Night Beast on YouTube. They've got some really good stuff. I'm not just saying it because he gave us a theme song. (laughs) I really, I listened to the album that he has on, that the band has on uh, Apple Music. And it's it's actually really good. Like it's it's I don't really know who to compare it to, but it's definitely like in the, the power punk, pop punk kind of genre. I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Listened to it a couple times. They've got some pretty fun music videos. Anyway, that is the perfect segue to talk about what we're gonna talk about today for episode two hundred. I mean one hundred. I guess if you know, a, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. This is actually, I mean, technically this is episode like 220 something, but we're going to call it episode 100 because. Kudos to us though. Yeah. We've been with each other, all three of us for a long time. For I mean, it's pretty impressive that not only have we hit episode 100, we've done it twice. Hopefully this doesn't uh, happen with what happened last time, but you know, hey, we'll we'll try to keep pushing on this time. Maybe we know a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I don't want wiser. But uh, one of the topics of pop culture that we don't talk about enough, in my opinion, uh, is music. Uh, we have done music episodes where we talked about Weird Al and our love for Weird Al. Yeah. It's a great episode, but it was also a fun time going to, to see Weird Al in concert. Uh, I think maybe we handled music once or twice in the old episodes that... Uh, you know, well, you can't find anywhere. But I know we, uh, for whatever reason, we just ignore music, which is something we're going to remedy in this episode. And we're going to talk about the albums that changed our lives or changed our perspectives. Who wants yeah. to go first? None of us. Okay, I'll go first then. <laughs> now, it's it's albums or bands, right? Uh, oh, albums or bands, yeah. I mean, I, I tended to keep it to albums. But I did put one big cheat on here, so... I tended to stick with bands. I'll go first, and this is not a surprise. I know I've talked about this before, especially with the two of you. Pearl Jam 10, August 27th, 1991. So I first heard it for the first time somewhere in 92. And as a 14-year-old who who had been very somewhat sheltered musically, that out blew my mind. It just, it was like, Oh my goodness, this is what music can be. This is what it, it like guitars, drums, everything sounded different than what I had heard before. Lyrically, it was just like stuff that was beyond my comprehension. It was just, it was outstanding. And I mean, it's probably why Pearl Jam is still one of my all time favorite bands because that album from that point on was like, oh my, this is what music can be. This is what 
well, this is what I've been looking for. Like I finally, I felt like for the first time, like I had my own identity in music rather than just whatever I had been allowed to listen to or whatever was on the pop station, you know? What did you listen to before that? Whatever, you know, oldies that my dad had on in the car or, you know, whatever, you know, top 40 pop station my dad or mom would turn on. Gotcha. Uh, I feel like yeah. you would have listened to a lot of talk radio. No, dad didn't really listen to talk radio. That was not a thing that he really did, at least not when we were in the car. I mean, maybe he did driving to work. I don't know. But really, he pushed a lot of uh, heavy Christian music, which at that time wouldn't have been very good. I mean, there has been a lot of really good Christian music that's come out since. But at, at that time, like, it just, it was, you know, very generic, very boring. So it was just, it was, uh, it was a year or two away from Christian rock being like exploding and kind of taking over. And we'll get to one of those a little bit later. But that would be the, the first album of mine that really just was like, oh my goodness. Like it just, it just, it changed. I, it's one of the few albums that I distinctly remember hearing for the first time. Did you ever see them in concerts? I have only seen them once. Okay. Um, it was in West Palm Beach when I was living down there. And I think Slater Kenny opened for them, but it was, who cares who opened for them? Seeing them live was just amazing. We'd love to go see them at Alpine Valley one of these days when they, when they tore through. But I just, every time they hit Wisconsin, I can't afford to go or I have something going on that I know I can't. I can't buy the tickets for. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, like I didn't really do mine by albums. I did more by by bands. Like these are bands like you know, I just listen to all the time. I did write a little bit down with their albums, but like number one I put on here was Linkin Park. And even like Mike Shinoda's solo stuff. Like I I seen them once in 2004 at Alpine they were with Corn, the used Snoop Dogg and Less Than Jake and in 2004 was when they were promoting the Meteora tour so they had just had the two studio albums at the time when I saw them and that was one of the big ones that I listened to was Corn and Linkin Park like you kind of said when you were establishing more of your own musical identity because before that it was whatever was on with my sisters or my parents. So I heard a lot of stuff like Elvis, uh, some country stuff, Joe Diffie, Garth Brooks, Brooks uh -huh. and Dawn. Joe Diffie. Yeah. And, and Meatloaf too, who was one of my dad's favorites and moms. Didn't make my list of anything, but he definitely would be an honorable mention. Yeah. Dad was really into country music as well, but I think he knew that my mom, really didn't like country music so uh he didn't really subject that to us very often but it was there it was definitely there he was big into the Stadler brothers and those that you know those guys so i mean i had my oldest sister listened to a lot of like rap and then i had the oldies and talk radio so there's a little bit of everything going on and see this I is where i i figured that there's very unlikely chance that that for albums anyway, or, or bands, we're going to hit the same because of the age difference between the three of us, where we've developed our own musical identities. So I, I see where you're going with yours. So I'm very curious to hear what Jeremy's first one is. 
Okay. Well, I put mine in kind of a weird order, but number five, I put Flood by They Might Be Giants. Okay. So the year is right around eighth or ninth grade for me when I first heard my my first They Might Be Giants song, and it was Birdhouse in Your Soul, because my sister was listening to like a top 90s playlist in her car. And that song came on, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's so weird. Like, it's so interesting. And uh, so I, I first heard that song, and then I wanted to hear the rest of the album. So I went to Mega Media, because I think she was working there at the time, found it there, and then just wanted to absorb all the rest of the albums, because they were just so interesting. And uh, I only, unfortunately, had the chance to see them, like, once in concert. Because they They're... were at Summerfest once. and Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. I saw them another time at a venue separate. Um, they were in Milwaukee at, like, the Riverside. I saw them there once. That was pretty good. I was to say, I thought they were still touring, weren't, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they okay. are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, this is very interesting to me because, uh, you know, being that I know that you're the youngest of the three of us, you've picked the oldest band. <laughs> Because they were pretty big in the 80s. I mean, I, I distinctly remember them. My first experience with They Might Be Giants was from Tiny Toons. When they did... Yeah, when Tiny yeah, Toons, yeah. When Tiny Toons did Particle Man and they, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Um, and that's when I, you know, then I heard the stuff on the radio later with uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul and Anna Ang. And, you know, but they're, I mean, I love them. They're a really good band. Didn't make my list, but I... I you do know, I really for, appreciate them. I I totally kind of forgot about that uh, the, the Tiny Toons thing because I I did watch Tiny Toons, but I just had no idea at the time as a child that it was them. You know, I just was like, oh, this is funny music. You know, I didn't connect the two things. I I don't know how in the pre-internet days I knew they might be giants was the band from. I there must have been something on MTV. Mm-hmm. Or somebody at school was talking about it because I knew that Particle Man and, and Istanbul not Constantinople was they might be giants, and I was like, that was always one of my favorite because I I feel like that was something that Tiny Toons played like every so often, like it wasn't just like a one episode thing for that. It was kind of like a like an interstitial or like we have to pad this episode out by three minutes. Let's <laughs> air it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because didn't Tiny Toons do like maybe like two or three like shorts per episode? It wasn't like a full thirty minute thing. I can't I think remember. so. I think it was something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember. I remember that more than anything else from Tiny Toons. <laughs> so I guess that would be my second one. Dave Matthews Band, Under the Table and Dreaming, uh, September twenty seventh, ninety four. I bought that album pretty much the day it came out, and I have listened to that album. I can't even begin to tell you so many times. I have seen Dave Matthews probably more than anybody else that I've seen in concert. Uh, Not quite double digit times, but I've seen them a lot. They just, I don't know why, especially since I'm not a stoner, I don't understand what my, uh, my attraction to Dave Matthews is, but I mean, his just, I just, I really love sitting down and just chilling out and listening to Dave Matthews or, or going to see his concerts, which again, not a stoner, uh, kind of missing out on part of that experience. But, <laughs> but I just, I, I have all since the first time I heard "Under the Table and Dreaming," 
Uh, I think Ants Marching was the big song before the album came out. It was just like, oh my goodness. And I bought that album. I went to a place called Media Play, which doesn't exist anymore. And I'm not even sure if you guys had one up here, but it basically it was kind of like a, a Best Buy. And that's where I bought so many CDs from. I just remember going to Media Play and buying that CD and then just I don't listening. I don't think we had one of those around here. Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, I don't think so. There was a there was a media play like across the street from Best Buy, and like you would go to one or the other because you know they were always fighting each other on prices. Interesting. We had Circuit City. <laughs> we true. had we had, we had that too. <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't do them by albums. I just did bands. I clearly I must have misunderstood the assignment here. Which I think is, we which is normal. It, it was <laughs> very difficult to pick an album. I don't necessarily think it was a, any specific way of doing. It. I think we each get to kind of pick our own way we interpreted the topic. So, yeah, because all we talked about was perception changing bands and albums. Yeah. So, um, another one, Five Finger Death Punch. I really like their stuff. I don't think they've had an album I haven't liked yet. And I did get to see them once uh, in Tinley Park in 2010. It was their album, their tour with Corn, Lamb of God, and Rom Zombie. And also at that point, that's when Five Finger Death Punch had just had the two albums out. And the funny thing with this one was they were the opening band. So they were out there doing like the mic checks and everything. The first one's out when the sun's still up. And that's uh that's also the show that Rob that Rob Zombie like as my all time favorite performance was at this concert. But I thought that was kind of interesting that they were the they were the opening band for this. Well, that that reminds me. The only time I saw Lincoln Park was right right around the time they put out what was the name of the first album? Hybrid Theory. Right around the time they were putting out Hybrid Theory, it either just came out or hadn't come out yet. They were one of the bands on the side stage at an all-day festival I was at. They weren't even main stage bands yet. They were side stage uh, bands. That would have, that would have been early two thousands then, because that no, CD I, came out in two thousand. Yeah, so it would have, it would have been ninety nine two thousand that I you know because like nobody knew who they were. They had just they had the one song that was starting to blow up, Paper Cut. Right on. They were playing a lot of Five Finger Death Punch videos at the haunted house that I went to yesterday. I went to abandoned heart of house with my sister. Abandoned? Yeah. yeah. So no, nobody was there. Ah, the one, the one <laughs> over by where I work. Then right on. Yeah. Ninety four. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I drive by that place every day. Yeah, it's it was a pretty cool one. Um, the waiting area. They have like a giant screen, and they were playing like music videos and uh, different comedy segments to keep people entertained. Anyways, my number two. You went from five to two. Well, okay, four. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, four. (laughs) Is an album called Sun Machine by Rebel Bucket. And unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to see them. And they're pretty more, they're, they're a much more recent band. I think their first album came out in like, I don't know early 2000 or late 2010 um but yeah it's really weird they're just kind of like out there 
they use like horns mixed with rock and uh it's fun did uh, just to be did you say rubble bucket or rumble bucket rubble like r-u-b-b-l-e okay rubble bucket i'm not yeah i'm not sure i'm aware of that they their probably top song would be a song called if you see my enemies they used it in like a couple commercials oh okay but other than I probably that, heard it then. But. Yeah, yeah, they're really interesting. And um, this album, Sun Machine, really connects with me. I like the whole thing from start to finish. It's like one of those really unique albums that you can just kind of like put on and just like let it flow. Then I put uh, Live Throwing Copper came out April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety four. Not to, again. It's another one of those that I bought pretty much right after it came out. It's and we've I know we've talked about this. It's one of the few albums that I've listened to so much I've had to buy at least a second copy of because I literally wore a CD out. <laughs> which, which you know you don't I didn't know it was possible, but I did it. I found a way to do it. <laughs> so I mean, top to bottom, it's just a, such a fantastic album. Live, one of my all-time favorite bands. Ironically, being called Live uh, is one that I've never actually seen live. And I'm not sure that I would get a chance to anymore because they're always breaking up and are doing solo stuff. So, like, you know, good pick. Yeah. I like that album a lot, too. Yeah, it's it's such a good album. Continuing the non-albums. I, I, I want Weezer. Like a lot of their albums are just so good. Yeah. Like that's one of those where it doesn't matter what time or whatever. It's one of those like the bands I could just put on. And it's never one of those that you just get sick of, where it's just like, all right, I can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. Never got to see them. Would like to. Do you have a favorite Weezer, or is it just like you just rotate? Like album-wise? Yeah. Or... Yeah, favorite album. I mean, I really like the Teal album, even though that's just a bunch of covers. I mean, I think that might be my favorite my favorite album of theirs so far. And I'm trying to think of which... They're... There's so many good songs to choose from. But there's one song that I play more than the others, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, Can't can't Knock the Hustle. Mm-hmm. I really like that song, especially for someone, you know, we're constantly working and we're just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Do, do what we have to do. I know you two are both fans. What do you got for favorite album oh, songs? That's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, because it's hard to remember, because so many of their albums are just color names. Yes. So it's hard it's hard to remember exactly what album is the one that I like the most. I feel like it was the you know what probably make believe although Maladroit's pretty good too. I mean, you can't go wrong with the blue one. Oh the yeah. The very blue. first album. Green is good. You know you're right. I'm just looking through here and I'm just like it's really hard to be like, "Oh, no, nope, it's that one." Nope, it's that one. No, no. Like all my favorite songs off the OK Human album. Like I really like that album too as a whole. So maybe if you want to go with their their st- like original stuff, not the covers they did, I'd maybe say okay human, even though it's one of the newer albums. Mm-hmm. Like I really like that album. I think I'm gonna say Ratitude because I was in a good place in time when that came out. I was just about to I was just making my way in the world. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the track listing for the red album. That's pretty damn good too. Another yeah. one with pork pork and beans. Yeah, that that's yeah troublemaker, great. troublemaker, greatest man that ever lived, pork and beans. I you know it's just I don't know. I w- I would guess if I had to 
if I had to narrow it down and was forced to pick, I'd probably go make believe. But there's yeah. and those first six or seven albums are just amazing. I, like all of them are. I didn't really care for Van Weezer that much. That album, another 2021 one. It's good. Like the, the season albums they did and just all around. Great band. I'm disappointed I didn't put them on my list. All right. Um. <laughs> okay. So what was this? Number three? For Nicholas. No, isn't it Jeremy's turn? I think it's mine. Yeah. Um, well, I just did Weezer and I asked yeah. you guys your opinion on albums when it go to Oh, I don't remember the rotation. Yeah, Jeremy, I think I'm, I think I'm up. Okay. What, what do you got for C? I got I, so it's it's an album, but generally it is kind of just the, the band themselves. Um, Toxicity, System of a Down. The, okay. the time was eighth grade. I was discovering this album thanks to my friend Mitch Grande, who was really into this band and the saw the mainstream songs that were on the radio at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I was angry. This the music really spoke to me because I had a lot of emotions to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the music rocked hard. I listened to this that that album first, and then I listened to the self-titled album, which was like much harder. And it was like, this is great. It's like I could get shit done with this album on. Like I could clean my room, <laughs> I could yell at the world. <laughs> and then uh they ended up putting out that double album when I was in high school, and I got really excited for the release of that. Like it really felt like an event, like mesmerized and hypnotized, like just really cool artwork, really cool, like I was into the messages at the time just because of my ideals, my youthful optimism. And uh, yeah, it was a band that just really spoke to me. And then they broke up and then never really got back together. <laughs> Did you like any of the stuff after they split? Like Surge's stuff and then um, Scars on Broadway? I, Surge's early stuff was really interesting because it sounded like system of a doubt kind of well same with like this the first scars on broadway album still they both sort of kind of sounded like each other yeah they still had that same sound like i like i agree I, that's another one scars on broadway i thought was pretty good i don't know why they didn't do more mm-hmm. yeah and steal this album was one of their early ones too yeah like, that, that was a good album yeah i enjoyed a lot of stuff on that as Nicholas, well nicholas is like i don't I don't listen to this. Uh, no, I mean, I was in college when that stuff came out. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I remember Ariel's and some, well, some of that stuff was after college, but I mean, I, I, you know, I was, I just, I, for whatever reason, I never glommed onto them the way I did other stuff, but I, I've never disliked them like Chop Suey. I mean, who, I mean, they had some pretty big hits that made the radio and I was definitely high. Definitely highly aware of it. They just, for whatever reason, never spoke to me the same way. I mean, I get what you're talking about with angry music at a, at the right time for your life. They didn't make my list, but Rage Against the Machine sure, got yeah. me got got me through a lot of times in college because it was just able to put something on and turn it up and just you know let my anger burn out by listening to the radio. Uh, and then here I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to say uh, 99X. I'm going to nominate a whole radio station. <laughs> <laughs> okay so in in 92 there was a radio station called like power 99 or 99 something like that they, they balloons they changed over from just like a, a rock station or like a, a top 40 you know rock 
to an alternative station. They were one of the first stations in the country to realize that like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all of these bands like had staying power and grunge was a real thing. They became 99X and they took over the Atlanta music scene and it hit at the, I was starting high school in 92. So like, that was just like all the music I was listening to, all the music that all of my friends and, and you know, where the people were listening to all of a sudden we had a radio station that could speak to us, uh, gave us everything that we wanted and they broke Silverchair, they broke Collective Soul, they broke Sean Mullins, they broke so many bands. They had, they, I've, I know I've talked to you guys about it before. Well, the Lincoln Park concert that I told you, they used to do this thing called Big Day Out, which was an all-day festival. They'd start like 8, 9 in the morning and go until 11, 12 o'clock at night. And they'd have two or three stages every year. And I, I went four or five times, so I don't remember where I saw each band, but I know I saw Foo Fighters, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Squirrel Nut Zippers, Offspring, Green Day, Beck, Silverchair. I know I didn't see Silverchair. 311, Gravity Kills. I mean, you name it, of the 90s, they were there at Big Day Out. So, you know, Lincoln Park and Deftones were on the sides. That's how big that the big bands on the main stage were. That year, Deftones and Lincoln Park were the side stage. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I th- I want to say I saw Goldfinger uh, one year. Like, I mean, you you name it of the 90s alternative, you know, rock, reggae, ska. The, the music that would be in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> yes. Um, they 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 broke a lot of bands. They, you know, they were big instrumental in, in getting a lot of stuff done. They were. They had a program called Freeloader Program. So, like, you get a card, and like, you would, uh, if you went to certain, they'd say, hey, you know, free, you know, be at this, uh, be at this location by a certain time. If you have a Freeloader card, you get tickets for a dollar, or we'll give you free tickets, or, you know, this is a, a Freeloader only show. I saw, uh, Coal Chamber, Typo Negative, and Drain STH for like free or like five bucks because they was like a freeloader show. Um, they did a, they did a Chinese new year concert every year. They was just, it was for a brief period of time in Atlanta, they ruled not just the, the airwaves, but just the city in general, because they like your freeloader card would get you discounts at like subway. And like it was just, it was amazing. And it, it was at the right time of my life. And I happened to be in the right city for it. And and I thought I was breaking the rules by picking bands. You picked a radio station <laughs> and a decade. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that radio station is probably as as influential to my musical taste as as you know anybody else could possibly be because of, they were playing what I wanted to listen to. Like it was just. I've not had a good radio station since. I see. Those are like the only three I actually wrote down, but I do have a couple like honorable mentions. So I'll just start stealing from there. Uh, Rise Against. Another one of those bands that I really like that I'll just turn on pretty much at any time. Uh, never seen them. Listen to them all the time. I think my uh, Appeal to Reason is probably my favorite album off of theirs. They've, I don't know when their first album came out, 2003. So that would have been end of high school, junior year for me. But wow. yeah, I think, I think we're on there. That's one that's like another one that's 
whenever they're on, I'll just play them if I'm working, cleaning, because it's one of those things that it's like, all right, I don't, you don't get, I don't get sick of it. But unfortunately, never was able to see them. But I think they still tour. It's never too late. I don't know if you listen to them, Nicholas, Jeremy. I think, I, I mean, I, again, I know who they are, but I don't know. I don't know if they've ever hit my, my rotation or not. I'm probably familiar with like some of the popular songs if I were to hear them. I think I might have actually seen them a long time ago at Summerfest because like my friend group at, at one point was really into them. Did they have, I mean, I don't know if you'd know this, but did they have a song in one of the Final Destination movies? That, yeah, I would not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'll have to listen to some more other stuff, though, and I'll let you know. Right. Oh, yes. Don't me. screw up the rotation. It goes to Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> so my next would be Franz Ferdinand, which also their their first album was self-titled. So that would be my my album pick as well. And that was, uh, the year was middle school. I was making my way in the world. My friend Mitch had this hard drive full of music. The year um, was middle school. <laughs> I w- was introduced to that band and the Kaiser Chiefs right around the same time. Um, they both kind of had those big hits around the same time with um, Kaiser Chiefs had Ruby and then Franz Ferdinand had uh, Take Me Out. Take Me On. Take me on. Thanks. Is that, it, is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would take a break from that, from listening to them, like when I, after hearing the first album. Like I was really into that first album, but like for whatever reason, I didn't listen to them for a while. And then like when I just recently, like in the past few years, I just like started going through their catalog and I'm like, this is awesome. And, uh, I like their new style. They've gone through a couple different member changes recently, and they have more of like a upbeat, like dancey sort of vibe with like synth. And um, yeah, I just really like their sound. My albums, favorite albums, always kind of rotate with them them from time to time. But weren't uh, the first album was that song? That was in one of the Madden games or something, wasn't it? It was in one uh, of the sports games, I believe. They had a... Uh, wasn't like Do You Wanna in Madden? I don't remember which one it was, but that was my introduction to to them. I think it was with one of the Madden. Is that or, I don't think it was Rock Band at the time. I think it might have been one of the Madden ones. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that too being in, in the game. I don't know if that was the same one that had because um, Linkin Park and Buster Rhymes were in one of the Madden ones as well. But together we made it. Yeah, Madden used to have a much better soundtrack than they had the last it, mm-hmm. it did. I actually found out of a lot of bands and albums and stuff just basically by playing Madden because the soundtrack was so good. Right. I don't really have anything else. I mean, I wrote down a couple albums that I thought were really good, but I didn't like I didn't put them as like, you know, like I thought like Our Lady Peace Clumsy was just is a really just phenomenal album. Uh, Jimmy World Bleed American, Tori Amos Boys for Pele, Counting Crows August and Everything After might be one of the most perfect albums ever made. But like it didn't really like change anything for me it's just an amazing you know it's one it's one of those albums you can actually put on and listen to straightforward there's 
not a track where you're like, I kind of want to skip. Jars of Clay, if I left the zoo, um, another one of those, like, just... Actually, that one probably could have made the, the uh, a higher list, but I didn't write anything down about it. And then Collect a Soul, Hence Allegations, and the Things Left Unsaid is a really, really tight, good album. That's that's kind of my honorable mention list. Nice. Okay. Some of the other honorable mentions, as we're just going through those, I put um, Slipknot as an honorable mention for me. I feel like you can see where some of my music uh, taste lies. But as another one, I don't, I think I was probably middle school when I was introduced to to Slipknot. I'd have to look when their albums came out. Anyone knows? Nicholas? Uh, when did their albums come out? Was Wait and Bleed one of their albums? Was one of their, or was that just was, one of their songs? one of their songs. Okay. So that, right. that that album would have been like oh five oh six so it wouldn't they would have been around a little bit long little bit before that but not too much longer. Uh, so Iowa came out in two thousand and one and their self titled okay. their self titled was ninety nine so it's probably around that two thousand and one I think time when I got introduced to them. They're another one that I can listen to straight through. I think there's a common theme here with some of my music choices of being a little heavier. Uh, we'll change it up a little bit. Matchbox 20 is another one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I told you. My list okay. is everywhere. Five Finger Death Punch, Slipknot, Matchbox 20. <laughs> oh, it's, it's about to get weirder. Their first album that Matchbox 20 had, which I think it was their first. Was really good all the way through. I'd have to look here to see if that's the first one. I don't know how much you guys listened to them. They were really big when I was in college. They they had kind of ruled the radio airways for a while. Them and the Goo Goo Dolls. Actually, was... at that thing that we can't really talk about, uh, I had a very long conversation about Matchbox 20 uh, because we were like, yeah, they were everywhere in the late 90s. And then they just went away. Yeah, their first album, Yourself or Some or Someone Like You, is the one that had Real World, Long Day, 3 AM, Push, Back to Good. So there's that one, and then took a break to 2000, 2002, 2012, and then they just came out with one in 2023. Wow. So they would get an honorable mention. We're going to start getting a lot older here. I really like listening to Buddy Holly. We're going okay. real old. All right. That's another one where I just kind of get in that mood and I'll just shuffle through his stuff. Nothing particular, just playing him on shuffle. And another, we'll go with the really far out of the box one for my last honorable mention of the Bloodhound Gang. Oh. I remember getting the Bad Touch album and I thought it was good. And then I started listening to more of their stuff with like One Fair Spear Coaster, Hefty Fine. Did somebody give you the Bloodhound Gang album or did you buy that one yourself? It was bought for me by my mom. <laughs> yes. Hooray oh, that... for, the album Hooray for Boobies that had Bad uh, Touch. Bad Touch. My mom bought that album for me. I mean, that raises all kinds of questions that I don't believe we're going to go into here on this show. Probably not. <laughs> And then I have one, and I don't know, I have one dishonorable mention if we want to go into that. Or if we want to save that to later, or you just want me to get it out of the way. Just get it out of the way. I'm kind of curious. 
okay. I, my dishonorable mention is Corn. Like I, that is the one band I have seen more than any band, and around the same time with Lincoln Park, listen to Corn. Probably one of my favorite bands. Liked all their albums, like Follow the Leader, was it Life is Peachy. And then in 2011, they came out with The Path of Totality, which is them and Skrillex. And when that album came out, I was like, this is trash. I don't know if it's just that EDM music and Skrillex kind of stuff, but I haven't listened to them. I don't think I've listened to them since any of their new stuff. I'll still occasionally check out their old stuff. But that, I, I don't know what it is with that kind of music. So did they just completely change with it, like all the new stuff, or was that just like a one-off album and you just haven't checked out any of the new stuff? To uh, they keep trying to change. I know to stay with with what's popular, and I think the one after that had that same type of feel. And I was just like, I can't. I so I haven't listened to that much of their stuff probably in the last decade. So I I don't know. It's always tough when your favorite artists does stuff like that. Like you get it why they got they're trying to stay relevant, but it's just like, oh, I don't like this. Well, there's there's staying relevant and they're staying true to who you are. And you know, if if you change too much to stay relevant, you're no longer like I I'll you know, skipping over Jeremy for a second, I'll give an example of, of what I would say would be a dishonorable mention then train. Uh, their first two albums, Drops of Jupiter, and I can't remember what the other one were, were very, very good. But then they started to get radio airplay with some of their like crappier songs. And then like they completely sold out went that way. So like if you listen to Drops of Jupiter, like it's such a like it's good song. Uh, it's it's you know, Meet Virginia and, and the that stuff is really like good rock music. Like, you know, more more poppy rock music, but still good. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, Soul Sister or whatever became super popular. And then everything they did went that way. And then it was just like, it became unlistenable. So I get what you're going about with the corn. So, yeah, I haven't checked out their stuff since. That was 2011. Since then, they've had one, two, three, four, five albums drop. And I couldn't tell you if any of them were any good. I just have not. I like, can't do it. Or we could make that your homework assignment for the week. Pick one and listen to it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I still might anyways. Oh, their Offspring might get an honorable mention. I like them. They're, I do really like the Offspring. I think we've talked enough of our honorable mentions. Let's get back to Jeremy. Jeremy, what are your honorable mentions? Or if we even got that for yet? Oh, I do still have a number one because I thought we were doing five. So oh, I okay. Five. My number one is Abbey Road. Really? It's just fucking awesome album. Yeah. And my mom was a huge Beatles fan. So I mean, ain't nothing wrong with it. The Beatles are the Beatles. I mean, there's a reason why everybody says they're yeah. the greatest rock band of all time. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I knew your mom really liked them because we had that conversation, but I didn't actually see them making your list. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Later in life, I've gotten like really, really into them. And uh, that, Abbey Road is like it's awesome. That last like medley that you could just like kind of like play straight through that like blends into each other. It's just really cool. But anyways, my runner ups was kind of an interesting diverse list as well because I have number one. Let's see, it's Wet Leg, 
There's self-titled Devil Wet Leg. I'll just list the artists for most of these. Uh, Kanye West. I don't know if I can still list him, but he really influenced my college years. <laughs> the Fratelli's Costello music. Their first album was awesome. Back all his various shit, but mostly Sea Change. Um, George Harrison, Cloud Nine specifically. Um, the Coral. Their self-titled album, specifically. Weird Al, Running With Scissors. <laughs> but Weird Al, just in general. And uh, the Kaiser Chiefs. Hmm. Dishonorable. Dis- Dishonorables? Well, one can- that came to my mind when you guys were discussing it was uh, Lit, how they transformed into like a country band. That was really kind of crazy. Um, but like my one of my favorite bands, Kaiser Chiefs, they actually they put out an album that was really poppy, and um, I didn't really, I wasn't really into it, but it didn't make me like stop, <laughs> stop liking them or listening because the right after that they went back kind of to their roots again, and uh, Duck was their album after that, and it sounded pretty great. So, oh, wow. yeah. And I still do dig some stuff off of um, that other poppy one. The more I go back and repeat it over and over enough. Is uh Sea Change is the one that has Paper Tiger? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that, that, so. That's yeah. a pretty good album. Mm-hmm. There we go. Could uh, you potentially do a top five band? Like, or have you pretty much already, like, covered your top five me well either of you but i like, pretty much i think i covered okay. the that into albums i mean yeah pretty close with my top five they're kind of like intertwined it's funny i wrote down when i was doing my stuff i also wrote down a list for top five bands that i thought both of you two would choose oh i'm very curious and with Jeremy, I nailed four of the five. All right. I for, Jer- for Jeremy's list, I put They Might Be Giants, System of a Down, Franz Ferdinand, Beck, and the only one you didn't mention that I put on the list I thought you would say is Cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. All and right. Cross my your mind. favorites. Nice. Uh, <laughs> N- Nicholas... Pearl Jam. Okay. Dave Matthews Band. Okay. Foo Fighters. Okay. Ben Folds. Okay. And then I was kind of uncertain on one. I put Weird Al, but I didn't know if you'd put him on your list of top five. But that's and then I crossed it off, so those are the only ones I have for you. Okay. Well, if I I wrote down my top five bands and then, and then whatever that maybe Lana Del Rey. Who's the one you really like? Tori Amos. That's it. Lana Del Rey would make his list. (laughs) Um, I was like, I put Weird Al and I'm like, I don't know if that one would qualify. I wrote down my top five bands. So here's all eight of them. Pearl Jam. (laughs) Here's all eight. Check. Pearl Jam, Dave Matthews, Tori Amos, Ben Folds, Collective Soul, Live, Weird Al, and the Foo Fighters. Yeah, look at that. I would have nailed... I would have nailed all five of yours. Granted, yep. you did eight. And Jeremy, I don't know if he would have put cake on there. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good call. I just never didn't think of it. If you would put down your top five bands, I don't know if I, you would have come on there. I I probably would have put it on runner ups. Still, if even if I would have thought of it, yeah. So just thinking of my stuff, I'm like, what would they pick? How well do I know these guys? Apparently, you know us pretty well. <laughs> like I, I was, I'm not surprised to hear back or Fran, I, honestly, uh, Franz Ferdinand. I was expecting. Uh, if I had thought about it, they might be Giants. I would have expected. Um, yours was a I, little more surprising, uh, mainly because I, I, I thought Jeremy Michael was Stephen Lynch because it's Halloween time. Oh. <laughs> And then I also thought a questionable one would be Miley Cyrus. Oh, no. Besides Party in the USA, there's other reasons. I say, I think Miley Cyrus is on a different list for him. Not not much to do musically. (laughs) Yeah, we can't. We'll list that on like a bonus episode. (laughs) But I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, like I I had a feeling like uh, Five Finger Death Punch was going to show up on your list, but after that, I was not real sure where you were going to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I go all over the place. Motion City soundtrack would be one if I went further on my list. I mean, if we talk about like stuff I listen to most often at work, yeah, Motion City soundtrack and you know, the Weezer. You know, those would have definitely. I saw Weezer back in the late nineties, and no doubt opened up for long. I also That's saw no doubt. I also saw no doubt. I can't remember if they opened for garbage or garbage opened for them, but they that was a hell of a show. I think the distillers opened for both of them as well. I was I was talking about that recently. Some like man, back in back when I was in high school and college, and even a couple years after, I would go to concerts all the time. And then I got old, and now I'm like, Summerfest? No, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, that's when it was for me and Jeremy when we were younger. Like, Alpine had good concerts, good festivals and everything. And now it's just kind of like the same four or five rotation. Like, getting me out of the house to go to a concert, like, other than, like, even Dave Matthews. I'm like, I'm not going to Summerfest if next year when he comes to Alpine, maybe. But I went and saw him last year, so probably not. Like I did contemplate one wanting to drive down to Chicago to see Aerosmith because they're on their like supposedly the last tour, which I do want to eventually do an episode of like supposedly like the what did I how did I put it down I wrote it down once farewell tours, mm. Elton John doing a farewell tour that lasted like five years like yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that same vote, like I saw Kiss at their end of the road tour or whatever they were calling it four four years ago, three years ago, three, four years ago at Pfizer, and they're still doing that that tour. Well, do you remember when Motley Crue like sold it like this is gonna be the last tour we've ever had? And and like they were giving like they were doing like big radio contests to like fly people out to what was supposed to be the last Motley Crue show ever. And then like literally two years later, they're touring again. All right. Well then uh, any, any other music we want to talk about anything, you know, new old, anything that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, maybe trying to think. Another one I, I like too is a uh, Dio. He's older. 
I thought his stuff was good. And he's got really cool uh, album art. Ronnie James Dio? Yeah. Holy Diver? Yes. His, uh, like, <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at his albums. Like They're, they're pretty cool. I'm only familiar with the hits. I'll have to die. It's like a deep dive. Was he Man. with Black Sabbath at one point, or? Yeah, I think he took over when they booted out Ozzy. Oh, okay. And then he's also in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Oh yeah. Him and Meatloaf. <laughs> Tenacious D have a whole song about Dio. Yes. Some yeah. cool artwork. Are you looking at the albums now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty cool. So I, I think you know, Justin. Uh, you and I are very much product of our times. Jeremy, you are much way over around all around that I across the board than I thought you would be because you're just you're all over the place. I, yeah, that's why I didn't know how to who how to you know I could not have done what the what Justin did and wrote a list because I know musically you're all over the place and putting on your list they might be giants and the Beatles was uh, kind of surprising. <laughs> well it's hard i mean it switches so often too it's like as as the years go on you come your list is always you know depending on your mood (laughs) absolutely i mean my my top five list that was you know like those are probably like my guaranteed like standbys but like i couldn't tell you the last time i've actually sat down and listened to top to bottom a tori amos album you know just because she's not necessarily a, a listen at work kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that's not uh, conducive to work. You know, the, at least the work environment in which I work in. You know, I, I said, how many of those? If I didn't have a earbud in, could I just be listening to at work? Probably not a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them might be a little difficult to listen to at work, but I also live. I also work in a different environment than you do. Yeah. And Jeremy, can you listen to anything at work without your headphones in? Or are you oh, pretty much just headphones? I could. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to, but it's easier probably to wear headphones because you're running the vacuum a lot. So it's probably just better. Yeah. I just did the one earbud in, though. But sometimes I feel like I need to do two. Yeah. Depending on who's there, might have nope. to put, put a second one in. Uh, I'd say nobody's there. I'm alone, which is why I feel like maybe I should just put another one in here. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's not a lot of restrictions to what I can and cannot listen to at work. I, given the industry that I work in, it's it's a pretty fair game. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think there's certain. Uh, well, there's not. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be listening to any sort of rap or hip hop anyway. But I might. That might be frowned upon. But you know, why not? Come on, let's go with your top five favorite rap slash hip hop. Let's go. <laughs> I could do that. Go, Nicholas. <laughs> we didn't lose Nicholas. He's not frozen. He just has no answers. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. I don't. Uh, that 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 is a, a genre of music that I am mostly completely lost in. If you were to play some of it, I could probably identify a lot of it. But like, mm-hmm. you know, to claim any of it as a favorite, it's it's a it's a hard sell. Yeah. Oh, good, good Charlotte's Young and the Hopeless album. Mm. I like I like that album too. Another one I learned from Madden because Madden used to I think it was Madden two thousand and three, maybe had the anthem on it, mm. and that song that album that whole album's pretty good. Yeah, good Charlotte. 
I jammed to that quite a bit in middle school. <laughs> and yeah. Mast, that was another one I listened to a lot because of my sister. Yeah, I don't really remember too much what my sister, like I said, my sisters both listen to different different sides of the spectrum there. All right, well then, I guess, I mean, I guess normally we would finish up the episode with uh, what have we been watching, but I don't know if I really watched much anything this week, so unless either of you have got stuff to talk about. Just, Jeremy, you haven't been here in a while. You got a Got anything that you wanted to watch in the last month that you'd like to talk about? Uh, or yeah. uh, any, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I've been keeping up with Chucky season three. I didn't even finish season one. <laughs> I really enjoy that series. I think it's like it's it's cool that they can keep it going. Like when it first started, I'm like, what the fuck? How can this be? Like it's just like it's a doll. Like how do you make, like stretch this out? But they've managed to keep it like really interesting, and um, the, I like the cast. Yeah, the environments are really cool. They always kind of go to a new location each season. That's been great. I don't really have much else. I mean, AMC's doing their Fear Fest this month, of course. So that's been fun. Just leaving that background stuff on. And I've been watching uh, 90s Halloween commercials on YouTube to fall asleep at mm. night. <laughs> with, uh, uh, with the Chucky series, is it like following the same family and it, Chucky? Or does it like change who's got him? It kind of. So there's a main cast. It follows like a, there's a group of like teens, I guess, like late teens. And they're like, it, it's, it's the same cast that way, but there's like surrounding cast around them that like shit kind of happens to as things continue. Yeah, because I remember it was the, the main, I, like I watched the first couple episodes, so I didn't know if they, like you said, they have different locations. Like if it changed, like somehow Chucky ended up in this family's hands now and stuff kind of stuff like that it does happen a little bit but i'd be spoiling it if if i went any further so one of these days i'll get around to watching it i've I've enjoyed the first couple of child's play movies that i watched i just haven't seen them all so i've been afraid to watch the series so there's definitely some connections to them for sure yeah don't they make reference like the first and second movie pretty early on in the series Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it. All right, so maybe that. Maybe I'll uh, I'll stop watching Top Chef for a hot second. Watch some Child's Play movies. <laughs> Just the season. Yeah. Did you guys know they made a horror Grinch movie? No. Yeah, I think it's called The Mean One, where it's like the Grinch is more of a killer. Kind of like Winnie the Pooh's Blood and Honey kind of style thing. Oh my god. Is this also because of like the copyright thing? Like I running be, out? <laughs> I think I think it came out last year or so. So it's one of those that I wanna I wanna check out, but I haven't got around to it. I would like to I forgot about that that Winnie the Pooh one. It's on Peacock if you have it. I, I gave you it. the I mean you have the password if you oh, have access, yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, so as far as things to promote, I would just say, uh, everyone, please, if you're into Friday the 13th, when you're done checking out the 80s flick flashback episode that Nicholas was on, 
go over to the Media Pod Smash YouTube channel and check out Mysteries from Beyond Case File 006, Friday the 13th. It's uh, basically a little bit of a mini fan film to uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. There so, you go. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's always pay a good homage time. to some of our favorite kills. Nice. So, well, it's always a good time watching the case file stuff. So it's uh, enjoyable watching. I guess then, unless anybody's got anything else, man, I had it and I should have wrote it down. I know better. But I guess so if, I, if if you have the ending and you didn't you, write it down, even though you knew better and should have, just remember. Stupid never walks alone. Comic books have been around for almost a century, and in the last two decades, we've finally gotten to see many of these characters brought to life in movies and on TV. On the Moving Panels podcast, we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. Join me and my guests as we discuss both the good and the bad from Marvel, DC, and even some of the lesser-known comic book companies. Learn what is and isn't from the comics, as well as our nerdy review of the movie or show. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So join us for Moving Panels, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go.